a few dramatic fans talking Penn State football. This is the Nittany Pod. What's going on, everyone? Welcome back with the Nittany Pod. I am AP. They are Alex and TK. We got a great episode for you today. We got a special guest on uh, to talk Ohio State game with us. It's finally Ohio State game week. Um, I can't tell you how excited I am, but obviously first, we got to talk about the game that we just played. Definitely a tune-up game. I mean, we were playing a really crappy team, but uh, it was definitely quite the dress rehearsal. The team played really well, I think, outside of starting slow a little bit on offense. Um, But, you know, seven straight touchdown drives. Can't really complain about that. They definitely overshot the predictions that we gave and everything like that, and to put up 63 points in the rain is definitely something nice. Yeah, get shit on you, Mass. The Minutemen. Yeah, I mean, I was there. Um, it was dreadful. Uh, <laughs> weather weather sucked all day. Yeah, it looked brutal. Um, the crowd was... Um, I don't even know how to explain the crowd. Um, it, was, it was not the best atmosphere. Let's put it that way. Student section was barely half full. You could definitely tell that we were playing UMass... At 3.30 in the pouring down rain. But um, left at halftime. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, if, if you're uh, if you're looking for things to critique, there wasn't really a whole lot to critique, which there shouldn't be. We did lose and, the turnover uh, battle. We did not get the four turnovers that Alex said we would. Yeah, yeah well, uh, <laughs> thanks. Thanks, defense. Um, but, no, I mean, I, I you – that that's exactly what that game should have looked like, right? And um, yeah. now now we move forward to uh, to the game that everybody has had circled. Well, in Alex's defense, like obviously he's incorrect about the attendance. Uh, I'm looking at ESPN here. It says 105,500. <laughs> yeah, they're such liars, bro. Like yeah. the student section barely had 10,000 kids in it. I want to make sure everyone knew 105,000 yeah. people. To watch the pen sold sold tickets, maybe the shit out of the Minutemen, just so you know. Yeah, not scan tickets. That's no, absolutely not. That's that's ass in seat. Hundred and five. Yeah, I'm sure. (laughs) What um? It's the the smallest student section crowd I've seen since like when we played the day after Thanksgiving. Alex, a hundred. Yeah, that's pretty brutal. Thousand cut the shit. (laughs) Yeah. They would never lie about attendance. Absolutely fucking no. <laughs> no. Um, you know, what are some things that you guys took away from this game? If anything, I know it was UMass, so, I mean, you really can't take too much from it. But, you know, any performances or anything like that that you, that you took out of this game and you're like, yeah, like, we'll definitely uh, be nice to have that moving forward. Well, I'll go first on this one because I don't want TK to steal it. Um, <laughs> well, <laughs> you know, welcome – Welcome to the party, Theo Johnson. Yeah, thank you. Uh, finally. Right? Yeah, I think uh, that's probably all of our takeaways there. You but, know, it, he 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 showed up um, finally, and I hope that's a, a sign of, of things to come. Um, I, I actually, transparently, obviously not happy to, to say this, but I did attend my fourth wedding uh, this past <laughs> yeah, that's Saturday. disgusting. Um. Also, that means I obviously have not done the mustache thing, which you probably saw today. But um, I actually have an interesting quick story. Uh, I was texting in a group chat with uh, AP and, and Alex. Um, 
and the wedding was in the middle of bumfuck nowhere. Um, so I left the house. We came back. Uh, then obviously went to the reception. When I left the house, it was seven nothing. That was, I mean, what that was what late mid first quarter. Yeah, about like middle that. of the first quarter. So when I'm driving out there, I, I keep refreshing my phone and it's refreshing. Um, and the time is changing on the game, but not the score. So <laughs> in the third quarter, it looked like the score was seven to nothing with with UMass. And I'm like, holy fucking shit. So I get, <laughs> I get to the venue and I immediately ask the person who I'd never met in my fucking life for the Wi-Fi. So I just the game on my phone during the fucking reception. And... I turn on the game frantically. I'm like, holy shit. Like, I can't believe this is happening. Like, this is my fault. Like, I'm going to fucking freak out. And I pull up the game, and it's 48 nothing. <laughs> I'm like, oh. And then I scroll down the box score, sadly. And I see Theo Johnson <laughs> scored. I'm like, holy shit. And then I see he scored again. I'm like, holy shit. So my <laughs> My only takeaway is kudos, Theo Johnson. Fantastic work. Uh, it looked like Nick Singleton finally ran uh, like he cared from the small portion I saw in the third quarter, which was exciting and obviously exciting to watch him always play football again. So, well, yeah, I think – um, go ahead, Alex. Well, I was just, just going to say one, one more thing, and maybe Aaron was going to touch on this, but I, but I think um, I felt like Drew Allar's security blanket – was back um in in wallace um there seems to be a comfort level between him and drew and that's not to say that you know drew doesn't trust or is comfortable with kls or you know people like that but um you know it was pretty noticeable you know i I know trey ended up fumbling on that first drive but um it was kind of like he never left type of deal i can't believe we've gotten this far into the episode and we have not talked about daquan hardy setting a school record for punt return touchdowns in a game i mean (laughs) shout out to him i mean smart of the penn state coaching staff to unleash him on uh punt return the week before ohio state kind of make them think about it a little bit um because man he looked absolutely electric back there and it is what he did in high school so james franklin even mentioned that in his uh weekly press conference like He's mentioned to himself this week, why the hell haven't I haven't we done this before? Um, so shout out Daquan Hardy. He looked like an absolute weapon. And uh you hope that he's gonna get more opportunities moving forward. Um, but yeah, the main thing that I took away from the game, obviously it's Theo Johnson. Uh, but really you know, when you look at the box score, I think moving forward, because really just the two tight ends and Harrison Wallace and Keandre Lambert Smith got uh targets through the passing game. I think maybe one of the running backs too, or both of them. But I think moving forward, you're going to see a lot of 12 personnel for Penn state uh, when they get into these bigger games, especially because it looks like those are the guys that they trust the most. And I mean, hell you might even see 21, 22 personnel as well. You know, two tight ends, two running backs or two running backs, one tight end. So it'll be interesting to see moving forward, how they are going to operate on offense with that personnel. Cause Definitely looks like, again, that's who they trust the most. Yeah. And it's nice to see Theo have that game. Obviously, you know, we want to see him use that momentum going forward. Yeah. No, we, we're going to need him. We're going to need him this weekend. You know, yeah. we, we'll probably need both of them. So that was that was huge. And another nice thing that I took away from the game, uh, you know, 
Catron Allen, Nick Singleton, obviously neither of them went over 100 yards like uh, we probably would have wanted to. They didn't really have, uh, per se, an explosive run. I mean, Catron, I think, had a couple runs of like 18, 19 yards. But uh, for the most part, it was just another grinded out sort of run game. But, uh, you know, you look at the, uh, the box score at the end of the game, Nick Singleton over five yards a carry, Catron Allen almost eight yards a carry. So, I mean, that's that's really nice to see. And we had deep shots. Yeah, we did get a couple deep shots. And I can't you you can't really fault Drew Aller for missing on some of those. I mean, it was it was a rainy game. It was a wet ball. Alex, I'm sure you can attest for as to uh how wet it was at the at the stadium. But you know. well, I mean I didn't get wet, but it was definitely wet. Yeah. Yeah, I mean I, I, I don't know. I so I saw some people kind of get on him for not completing those passes on Saturday. I'm like, dude, <laughs> it's raining. Like, I don't know. It, it was uh it was definitely not uh ideal weather conditions yeah definitely nice to see those shots though yeah, yeah I'll take it I mean Franklin was giving the fans what they wanted I mean he went for it on the first play yeah yeah which I w- I wasn't shocked I was like I almost feel like part of his I wasn't frustration, shocked either I almost feel like part of his frustration was because he knew he wanted to do it on the first play yeah and then it was up and he was like, well, fuck, like, all right. Like, so I'm sure to an extent, and it's fucking UMass, so it really doesn't matter. But, like, I'm sure to an extent, UMass was probably like, they're going to take a shot on the first fucking play of the game. Yeah. Like, so, but, yeah, it's a huge week and obviously a lot of expectations and a lot of excitement. It was nice to see Harrison Wallace come back. He definitely – he had himself a nice game, but, you know, some some rust definitely showed. I mean, he's been off since week two, um, so definitely some rust as expected. But overall, he looked good, and um, it's nice to get him back the week before Ohio State, kind of get him revved back up. Yeah. He was on the receiving end of a couple of the shots that we at least took, a couple big plays as well. Yeah. Yeah, just don't fumble. Yeah. And I mean, hey, that was that was a good play by the defense there. I mean, um, <laughs> there's there's really not much that you can say about it. Obviously, you definitely want him to have that ball a little bit more in your body, um, but that was just a really good effort play by that by that defender there. Um, first turnover on offense that Penn State has had all season. Drew Aller yeah. still hasn't turned the ball over yet. So, um, and another efficient performance from Drew. And another performance where, you know, he wasn't sloppy with the ball in any way. I remember, you know, going back and, you know, reading some of the comments in our group chat from from during the game. And I remember, you know, there were there were a couple of times where there were some complaints about him not taking the shot on a play or two. But, uh, you know, hey. Yeah. But definitely uh, nice to see some more of those. And, uh, you know. Obviously, with the big game coming up this Saturday, definitely want to see even more of those. It it, it will be interesting on Saturday because it's going to be another sloppy game, it looks like. It might be raining. So, that might be something that plays into our favor. Yeah. I don't – I don't – I honestly don't give a shit if it's raining or if it's, it's sun and shining. Uh, it's time to go win a football game and uh, – I know I read the notes from today. It seems like they great practice this week. Yeah. Um, been locked in. It's been been physical too. The guys are playing with some juice. You know, there's a lot of 
there's a lot of guys on this team that obviously have had some heartbreaking losses. There's also kids on the team that were in high school as recruits at the whiteout uh, when they beat them in 2016. So, um, yeah, it's a huge weekend. Um, lots for us to be excited about. Obviously, nerves are setting in on both sides. Um, but, yeah, I think there's a lot of positives going into the weekend and obviously big news today with uh, Nelson as well. Yeah, um, so yeah, let's go ahead and move on over to the OSU portion of the show. Um, obviously, TK, you just touched on it. J.B. Nelson coming back is huge for the matchup this weekend. This is a huge week for James Franklin, obviously the school as well. I mean, this definitely feels like this is the best shot that you're going to have really in a long time to beat Ohio State, at least since 2017, if not you know, longer than that. Um, you know, So if you're James, obviously this is one you have to have. Um, the game has been close for quite a few of these years, but it's time to get over the hill. Um, there's definitely a lot of things that play into Penn State's favor this weekend. Like I just touched on, the weather certainly doesn't hurt. We're used to that. Um, but you're, but if you look at a lot of the statistics, um, Penn State is ahead of Ohio State in some of those categories. So, you know, from at least for us, I feel like I speak for all three of us, this certainly feels like a game you should have. So it's time to go out and do it. Yep. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I don't know if going, if if judging this off of a of statistics is a great idea. Um, and I only say that because it doesn't seem like that necessarily matters. Um, for, well, it's not. It's they, not judged off of statistics. When, I mean, I. That's a, That's how I feel. Me, I'm sure that's how TK um, feels. I don't know how you feel. Um, you know, like. I guess what I'm I guess what I'm saying is is it's 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 always it always seems to be close. It always seems to be you look back on these and think, well, it was just this play, right? Or just this player, or one stop here, or a different offensive play call there, and the game would have flipped, right? Um and it, it feels like that's how these games have gone because the teams are just so evenly matched yeah. Um, yeah. in a lot of ways. Yeah. And I think this Saturday will be no different. Um, and I agree that it feels like this is the best opportunity we've had to get them. Um, oh, bro, that's not in question. Like since that. twenty, since probably what, like what twenty eighteen, twenty seventeen. Uh, question. Although, although I feel like you know, we had an opportunity last year to get them with a lead in the fourth quarter with nine minutes to go, and that didn't work out either. So yeah, um, you know, I, I just, I just try to remain cautiously optimistic moving forward because you know it just, it just has been so much heartbreak. Oh, I don't I don't even I don't even care about the casual or cautiously optimistic. Like this is without a without a doubt their best chance to go win the game at Ohio State. Yeah, for sure. Like not even to me it's not even remotely close. Like 20, 2017, sure that might be close, but like the rest of the years, like I don't care if it's home or away, talent wise, like hundred percent closest they've ever been. Hundred percent. Yeah, yeah, I don't I don't disagree with that. And you come into this game, um, you know, it, it seems like the defensive line at the beginning of the year we talked quite a bit about it feels like the defensive line is so close to having one of those breakthrough games uh felt like they were getting home but they weren't getting the 
you know, the end result that they wanted in, in a lot of these plays. And the past couple of weeks, it seems like that's where starting to Penn, that's where Penn State is starting to get. They're starting to get some of those sacks, those results. I mean, the last two weeks we have uh, – or last two games, I should say, uh, we have 14 sacks combined. So it feels like the defensive line is coming on. And, um, you know, as we'll talk about it in the upcoming interview that we have here with the, with uh, Chris Drew, the, off- the offensive tackles for Ohio State seem like they're gettable. So yeah. I'm definitely going to be watching our edges um, over the weekend. But also another thing that I'm going to be looking at, you know, who's going to be our go-to option in, in those third and short, third and medium situations uh, when we have to pass the ball if the running game isn't working? Um, I, I'm thinking Tyler Warren, he kind of seems like that guy in those situations, but, um, and obviously Theo coming on here last week, you know, that should give him a little bit of confidence as well. But, um, who do you, who do you guys think is going to be, you know, where we go in that situation and, you know, what are some X factors in this game? Um, I think. As far as X factors go, I think obviously both ends, <clears throat> Robinson and Isaac, are both X factors for this game. Um, I do think Abdul Carter needs to have a good game. I think Curtis Jacobs needs to have a good game. I think they need to stay gap sound uh, this weekend. Um, I did have something to point out. Like we can talk about the defensive line, you know, maybe not getting home or or you know being really close, and we've talked about that a couple times. But it is important to remember we do lead the country in sacks right now. Yeah. So they're which is, which is crazy because, yeah, I mean, we, we've, like I said, we've talked about it a lot. We feel like yeah. we we're getting home. Offensively, I mean, I, I'm going to keep fucking saying it every week. Like, I, I it has, Singleton has to, I mean, please, like, I, I'm begging for my soul at this point. Like, like I just want to see the burst. I want to see a big play out of him. Like, I want to see him run hard. He ran hard from what I saw at UMass. Like, he was running the best it looked all year when I tuned in at the latter half of, of UMass. Like, yeah. And you need that, man. Like, you're going to need that. Katron's been consistent. He falls forward every single time. Like, Singleton on offense is 100% an X factor in the game. I think maybe Trey Wallace, but on defense, I think it's both tackles and it's, it's, it, the game is in their hands. Pressure would do so much for Penn State in this game. Yeah, I mean, I think I think I agree with a lot of what TK is saying, uh, especially on the defensive side of the ball. I would just throw in. I mean, I think this whole defense is kind of an X factor. Yeah, and and I'd really love to them to come out and play play with a little bit of chip on their shoulder because there's obviously a lot of them that remember last year, right? And um, having a lead late you know, midway through the fourth quarter and giving that lead up in what three plays. So, um, you know, I think, I think Kalen King and Johnny Dixon need to have good games because obviously Marvin Harrison Jr. Uh, is out there. Um, I think all of our linebackers need to have good games because not only do you have the running game to deal with, you have Stover to deal with. So, um, now, offensively, I, I think, you know, Aaron mentioned third and shorts and um, who who do I think would be the go-to guy. I, mean, I, I feel it's either got to be your tight ends or like KLS, right? Like, I, I feel like I feel like KLS needs to have a, a, a big game. Um, he needs to be the blanket. He needs to be 
possibly the deep shot guy. He needs to, I want to see a Rose Bowl KLS yeah. type of game. Um, and maybe I'll get it from Trey Wallace instead, right? I, you know, I don't, he I don't really seem care to be like who the wide receiver guy. is. Yeah, I don't really care who the wide receiver is that does it, but one of these wide receivers needs to step up. Like, yep. no miscommunications, no no drops, no just step up. Like, become the true wide receiver one. Um, they mention all the time that Keandre Lambert-Smith is like – most of his catches go for first downs. I think he's going to have to have six or seven of those at least on Saturday. I mean, he he's going to have to come up big. Uh, you know, we always talk about how it always seems there's a Penn State wide receiver that has a marquee game against Ohio State. It's got to be Keandre Lambert Smith this weekend. And I don't I don't even care if it's a huge mark a huge uh, yardage number or anything like that. But if you can get six or seven or eight catches and almost all of those be first downs. That's a huge impact on the game. Yeah. Yeah. And like I said, I, it, if it's KLS, great. If it's, if it's Trey, great, you know, you know, just, just somebody needs to, to be that guy. Um, because yeah, I, I think, because I think, I think, cause I really do think Drew's going to need it. I mean, we've seen Drew's numbers yeah. and they're not as good on the road. And that's not to say, I don't think, uh, you know, Drew has the ability to do it because I, I think he does. Um, but I think, I think he needs more help, right? I think the guys around him need to be better on the road specifically. Yeah. No I drop. agree. Yeah. You can't be puts it in a bucket. You can't just drop it, man. Like, yeah. He's got... and, that, and that's been an issue on the road in, well, both the times we've been on the road. There's been there's been quite a few drops, especially in that Illinois game. That's that's probably why uh, Malik McLean hasn't seen the field in recent weeks. Uh, he had some pretty horrible drops against uh, Illinois, and yeah, right. since then you haven't really seen him at all. So you can't have any of those for sure. Got to stay on schedule. Penn State's done a really really good job of doing that on offense this year, and um, you know there's there's been very few negative plays. Um, you got to keep that up. This is going to be your toughest task yet this weekend. Obviously, the most athletic front that you're going to be playing um, on defense. But Ohio State really hasn't been generating uh, tackles for loss or sacks the way that you would think Ohio an Ohio State defense is. So, um, gotta get just gotta stay on schedule. Limit the negative plays. Got to do it. Like I well, said, like also, we said this week, you have to have it. Gotta have you it. You also. You also need to protect the football. Yeah. Um, you know, it, it always seems like um, – I was talking to a buddy of mine earlier, and it, it just always seems like when we go into these games, you always have that weird fluky turnover um, that we normally don't see. Um, you know, obviously we had quite a few last year. Um, so, so we've done a really good job of protecting the football offensively. I hope that continues Saturday. Yeah. No, we have to we have to stay and then obviously turnovers, as you mentioned, have played a huge role um, in the previous matchups. And we have to I mean, we have to limit them. Right. Like as much as I would love to say we don't have any turnovers this weekend. I mean, history says that's just a stupid thing to say. Now, if we do have zero turnovers, I think we probably win the game. Like, I think a huge I think, you know, we might 
obviously forced some turnovers defensively. I think um, that could certainly happen. But if Penn State gets in there and and obviously it, you know doesn't turn the ball over and is able to to move the ball down the field, I mean it could be a great situation for Penn State. So um, we'll see, man. There's a lot of there's a lot of different things that it could happen and and will or won't happen in this game. So it's going to be kind of wild to see um, all day. If Penn State wins the game on Saturday, where is the game won? Like what position unit or what player even is going to be the reason why Penn State wins? Drew Allard. Uh, I'd say the entire offensive line. If Penn State is able to run it when everyone and their mother knows they're going to run it and gain four yards, they're going to win the game. I think it's going to – I think if Penn State wins the game, I think it's going to be because the defensive line was able to get after Kyle McCord. Um, So I think the defensive end specifically, but I'm going to go with the defensive line as a whole as well because, um, you know, keep an eye on the defensive tackles. They're actually racking up a couple of tackles for loss and some sacks this year. Uh, Got got themselves looking good on the stat seat. So defensive line as a whole, if they're able to get after McCord, um, it could be – could be a pretty long day for Ohio State. Yeah. Well, I just – I do think we have a little bit of problem on the inside. So, I'll be interested to see how that goes on the, on the defensive line. Um, like we said, Ohio State's offensive line hasn't been fantastic, really. And they haven't run um, the ball that well yeah. either this year. Yeah. And, I mean, we – I mean, if you told me that Ohio State wants to just kind of run the ball, I mean, I'd be like, okay. Right. Like, yeah. Right. Please. Uh, hey, up to this point that you would say that favors us. So I'd be like, great, yeah. let him all oh, like, that's fantastic. Don't give it to Harrison, whatever. But um, I, I don't know. I think that interior defensive line has a lot to prove this weekend. Yeah. I think when you look at the matchups, um, you know, just going uh, unit on field versus unit on field. I think when Penn state has the ball, I think, our offense and Ohio State's defense is kind of a wash. And then I think when Ohio State has the ball, I think I like our defense versus their offense. I know they have Marvin Harrison Jr. And that kind of makes things really interesting. Um, but, you know, if say some of these guys who uh, may or may not play for Ohio State this weekend are, in fact, out. Um, I think that goes really I think that swings really in the Penn State's favor. I, I already think the defense is better than Ohio State's offense. Um, I think, again, I think we should win this game. Obviously, history tells us, you know, don't get too excited about that. And I'm certainly not. Um, I think it's a toss-up game. But, you know, yeah. again, this feels like one that you absolutely have to have. Because if, if, yeah. if not this year, then when? And I'm talking about Ohio State specifically. If you don't get them this year, when are you going to do it? Yep. And I think he uh <clears throat> I think for Penn State, like in my opinion, this is this is this is it, right? So they you know, Penn State's a good football team. If you're a if you're a great football team, you'll go and win. If you go there and lose again, you're probably just a good football team. And and to be honest, the 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 comments of, you know, Penn State being, you know, maybe a ten and two merchant, right? Or or things like that, like it's it's only going to get harder, man. There's more teams coming to the conference. Um, you have everything you've ever asked for, everything we've ever asked for as fans to go and, and beat a team like Ohio State. Um, you have the players. You have the coaching staff. Um, there's no excuses not to go in. 
And I think that's the scariest part. I think that's the most nerve wracking part. Um, I think they should win. And I, this is probably the first time I can say they should win. Like that's, that's the reality. Like, I don't think I've ever um, been in the place where I'm like, yeah, they should win. Like, just like looking at lines two, four, seven, they're like, what out of the 10 people, eight people picked them to win. That never happens. Like, and for people that are listening, they're like, well, it's the Penn state beat. Like, of course they're going to pick them. Like, that's not the case at all. Right. So I think it, everyone knows, I think the players know, I think James knows, I think everyone knows they have to have this game. Like 100% have to have it. Yeah. You gotta, you, you, you basically have to find a way. Right. I, I don't, it's kind of, I'll use a Jalen Hurts reference here. I mean, keep the main thing the main thing. Yep. Like, I don't care if I don't care if Drew Allar throws three picks and eighty yards passing, but Penn State somehow wins that football game. I don't really, I don't care, right? Um, just, just find, just find a way. Yep. Yeah. One thing that plays into my uh, sort of X factor for the game, which is the defensive line. Um, on and you know, keep in mind, Penn State leads the nation in sacks and tackles, or they're up there in tackles for loss. Yep. On drives, on Ohio, talking Ohio State here, when they have the ball on drives where Kyle McCord gets sacked, Ohio State does not have a single port, a point this year. So if Penn State is able to get to the quarterback, I mean, obviously, you know, that stat is not the end all be all, they will eventually score points on some of these drives. Um, but that's definitely something to keep in mind. If you're able to, you know, get to Kyle McCord, um, you can effectively sort of end some of these Ohio State drives as, uh, you know, things show through six they, games so far this year. They got to hit him early and often, man. Yep. They need they need to make it make sure that, that he knows that they're coming there. You know what I'm saying? Like, it, yep. like it needs, you got to hit him early and often. Like, I hope. I hope that we get to go on defense first. I pray that's yeah. the case. And on the other side, I'm like, well, maybe, you know, if we get the ball first and we go down and get points on the first drive, like that sends a message like, hey, what's up? Like, we're here. Like, we're here to play. Like, Maryland went in there and went had a lead at half or whatever the fuck it was. Like, or it was tied at half. Yeah, I think There's it was no tied. But, but still, yeah, they came out and punched him right in the mouth. And we've been prepared. Like, let's not be like, Let's not be bashful here and not act like we probably haven't been preparing for this game for five. Oh yeah, they've been oh, preparing for this game yeah. since spring. Like, like, let's be honest here. Like, if it's even if even if you don't want to do since the beginning, like as soon as that Iowa game ended, like they've been on the game. Yeah, yeah. There's there's and no doubt. Ohio State, on the other hand, first off, I don't know what the fuck you even prepare for with what offense, like with what. Penn State's shown offensively. Secondly, you've already played Notre Dame, so you definitely had to prepare for Notre Dame. And then you even probably had to spend some time, shockingly, preparing for Maryland. And Maryland still had success and showed other people how to be successful. And so did Notre Dame. Like, so we, I do not, that is my biggest, biggest worry slash concern slash excitement. I have no clue what Penn State is going to do offensively on Saturday. Like if the it, like it's either it's one of three things. The offense we've seen is the offense. It's kind of boring. It's monotonous, but it drives the ball down the field. Two, 
it's kind of boring, it's monotonous, the ball doesn't get driven down the field and we're in trouble, or three, it's a completely different feel to the entire offense than what we've seen. It's upbeat, it's creative. Like, I have no idea which one of the three you're going to see. Well, but if It'll be interesting to see how they play in crunch time because we haven't seen that yet. If it's number two, we're in trouble. If if you're not scoring points with these long, sustained drives, that's going to be a problem. Well, I mean, Jim Knowles might have gave a little bit of a glance on how he plans on defending Penn State, Um, you know, talking about – and, I, you know, you can't read too much into what coordinators tell the media, right? But, um, you know, mentioning that Drew's really good at intermediate stuff and – um, they're going to have to defend that those intermediate routes uh, really aggressively, um, and and then obviously the normal, the the looks you know throwing different looks and pressures and stuff like that the normal defensive coordinator answer. But um, you know if 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 I think I feel like you know Michigan has laid a, a blueprint out obviously the last two years, and I'm not saying you know we're going to be able to run the ball like Michigan has against them the last two years but you know if you can if you can effectively run the ball and tk mentioned it earlier if you can effectively run the ball whenever you want when everybody in the stadium plus the three million others that are watching on tv knows that you're going to turn around and hand it off you're going to open up so much right Uh, your your offensive playbook is just wide open at that point um so, yeah, I mean, I agree with TK completely. I have no clue how Yersich is going to play this. Um, but, you know, like, like you know, years past, we've gone into these games and we thought, well, there's no way Penn State's going to be able to move the football. And, you know, we moved the football better than we had in some other games, right? I, that 2019 game in – no. Yeah, I think 2019 – the one game in Columbus where Sean played, you know, that offense moved the ball better than we had seen that offense move the ball in, in quite a while, right? So yeah, I think that was twenty twenty one, wasn't it? It'll be, it'll be, it'll be really interesting. Yeah. Now we're gonna go, we're gonna bring in a Buckeye fan, and we interact with all the time here on Twitter. Me and CK at least. Shout out to Chris Drew. Welcome on, man. How you doing? Oh, living the dream. I'm I'm glad you referred to me as a Buckeye fan because some people, you know, out there don't think I'm a real Buckeye fan. So, yeah, I feel well, some honored. people out there are insane. Could be true. Could be true. <laughs> yeah, I rep. I rep Georgia Tech. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> Let the people know what what you got going on, man. I know you got your hands involved in a lot of different things out there. What you got working? So I consider myself. Well, the big thing is like I'm I'm the co-host of the Menace of Sports podcast, where we talk all kinds of crazy about everybody and everybody's mothers as well as uh, as some college football stuff. And then honestly, wherever Ron and Cam are, you can usually find me with them too, um, talking shit, talking about Ohio State. So, you know, nothing nothing too fancy, but if if, if you look hard enough, I'll I'll pop up. I'm sure. Big time. Hell yeah, definitely definitely see you doing a lot of crazy different things out there, man. Shout out to you. No, you Thank got you, your bro. hands full with all that. Um, want to start off with a couple questions here. Of course, you know, we got to get into the game. It's a huge game this weekend. Um, one that I think all of us here can say this is a must win for us. Um, but I, I got a two-parter to start for you. Um, you know, obviously we know that Marvin Harrison Jr. Is, is one advantage for your team. But where else on the field do you think Ohio State holds an advantage against Penn State? And then on the flip side, where do you think you guys have a disadvantage against us? 
Oh, so I think our defensive tackles um, are a strength of the team. I think they're probably a, a top three defensive tackle unit in America. So my, my guess is, is there's a slight advantage for Ohio State on the interior, our defensive line versus the inside of your uh, offensive line. And then um, the other side, I think that the major mismatch is your defensive ends against Ohio State's offensive tackles that have been like a, hu- a huge liability that paired with the fact that I think Kyle McCord has a spatial awareness of a five-year-old. Um, really, really could present some issues um, in this game, especially kind of with with our, our tackles. Like the, the thing is, like you don't have to win the rep, but just like push the defensive end 15 yards past um, where Comicourt should be. The issue is Comicourt sometimes is back there. So um, definitely, definitely, your your defensive ends against our tackles is is a major major concern. Yeah, it's interesting that you bring up your defensive tackles against our interior offensive line. Uh, we just got news. Just a little bit ago here, um, our starting offensive guard that's been out the past couple of weeks, um, he's possibly going to be back this week for sure yet, but uh, he was practicing, so we'll see how well, that Well, damn, straight into the but, fire. He's been out for a little bit, and then, bam, you got Tylee Glims and Mike Hall. <laughs> yeah, that's not, uh, that's not quite the welcoming party that you'd like to he, see uh, there, but uh, yeah, I think the, we'll take uh, it. I think as far as defensive tackles, they're like that, that position group, what, what Chris brought up, like I think it's just going to be about trying to limit it, right? Like they're going to win some reps, right? Like they're going to yeah. they're going to have some wins, right? We just, you know, as obviously us as Penn State fans, you know, we just got to hope it's not game breaking type play. Right. You know what I mean? Like, right. like where there's a defensive tackle running seventy yards for a touchdown or something like that. So, and see, uh, on my yeah. end, I hope it's game breaking. Yeah, plays. yeah. That, <laughs> like we I love a fat man. Like they're they're, they're going to make. We yeah. have struggled at times internally on the offensive line, they're going to have some wins, right? So it's about managing for us, you know, how, I mean, how we can if you, the, the amazing part is, is, and I think, and I think James Franklin and Phil Troutwine are getting to the point that, that maybe this, I'm not going to say it's going to become an advantage, but more of an even matchup is that if you look back at previous OSU Penn state games, the trenches and in particular Ohio state's defensive line, have made the difference so many times in these games. Yeah. It's 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 annoying as a Penn State fan because we all know who coaches Ohio State's defensive line. Um and and I'm hoping as TK said as a Penn State fan, we don't have that game breaking play, right? Like uh the one TK referenced was I I believe 2 years ago in Columbus. Um obviously the JTT game last year. Um Yeah. Which was you absurd, know, hack, by the way. Like, hack, yeah, that was a yeah, crazy was, game. It was, and and shout out to him. I mean, he is a freak of an athlete, right? You know, nothing against JTT. It's just, it's always been an advantage for OSU, and they've always made plays, really, when they've needed to make play make plays, right? I mean, Hackenberg getting sacked, right? Yeah. Is it um, is it yeah. safe to say that a defensive lineman for Ohio State? and a wide receiver for Penn State always end up showing up in this game that don't show up the rest of the year. Always. I'd agree with that. Yep. Every I time. I mean, yeah. JTT t- had the whole world fooled and started getting mocked in the first-round drafts. So yeah. He's still riding that wave. And he, and to keep it a beam, he has been nuts, like, like not first-round material, at least to me. But it's like everyone just remembers the one game and just, like, going supernova for, for a good reason. But it felt like no reason. It was like, damn, okay, we see you. Yeah, he's going to have to uh, cut Bryce Effner a check for that. 
Yeah, yeah I mean, just just chip the guy. I mean, that's why I'm asking. Like, just just put a tight end over there. Yeah, you know, make sure the running back when he's going out on his route throws a chip. That's that's all I'm asking for. Well, it'll be interesting this weekend because you know you, you do bring up the interior offensive line. You know, against interior of Ohio State's defensive line, Penn State comes into this game not really giving up too many negative plays. Um, you know, in terms of like giving up sacks and giving up tackles for loss, Penn State is fifth and seventh in the country when it comes to that. So. I mean, we've definitely had our gripes uh, throughout the year about the way the offensive line has performed. But uh, when you when you go and look at the numbers, I mean, it really hasn't been that bad. So that'll definitely guys, be interesting to keep an eye schedule. out for. On schedule. I mean, yeah. that's the only yeah. way it yep. averages, what, under four yards per play yeah. can, can average 30 points a game is because you're on schedule. No negative plays. Yep. Um, another question that I have for you, um, you know, Again, obviously, everybody talks about Marvin Harrison Jr. We, we definitely just talked about JTT a little bit, so I kind of feel like this is where you're going to go. But um, what player are we not talking about enough that will have a say in Saturday's outcome, whether that be on Penn State side or Ohio State side? Um, on the Ohio State side, probably Igbenosin. Um, Igbenosin can either win the game or lose the game. I mean, that's going to be the guy that will either give up the three you know, PIs in critical situations or the guy that will have a huge play at the end of the game. I mean, he's – kind of um, down the stretch when Notre Dame was looking to pick on somebody, that was who they looked to pick on and um, ended up scoring kind of the go-ahead go touchdown on him, kind of getting too handsy, falling down, and uh, receiver being wide open in the back of the end zone. So at least on the Ohio State side, I mean, it's, 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 it's definitely him because I, I would think that if Denzel Burke is healthy and playing, I mean, most teams we've played have kind of avoided him and kind of left that side alone. That would be interesting because I know – Obviously, talk about Penn State and Ohio State matchups. I remember Jahan with Wade. Uh, I know Wade playing a little out of position uh, that we obviously learned. Um, yeah. But still, I mean, it's I mean, it's, those are that was a highly anticipated matchup, and then obviously Jahan had a great game. Still ended up losing that game in 2020, but it'll be interesting. Penn State, Penn State is like as far as as picking on that person, right? As far as oh, is Penn State going to pick on this person defensively and attack this guy like? You know, out of Lambert Smith, like the stats can be a little bit deceiving, but outside of Lambert Smith, obviously we know Wallace and what he can do, and he does some yeah. things extremely well. The rest of the country really doesn't know that. Like they haven't um, – because if you look at the stat sheet, you don't know who he is. Like he, he played in two games. He got hurt, missed four weeks, then came back, right? So um, it'll be interesting to see because I don't know who on Ohio State – I guess it would be him um, or Burke uh, would match up with Wallace. Like I don't know who that, who that matchup will be. So that will be interesting to watch. And so Ohio State doesn't shadow. It's just like you get the left side, you get the right side. So honestly, yeah. like, like Mike Yersich should be able to kind of pick his poison or, or pick whatever he wants. Right. He wants yeah. to pick on who's the fish. So that would be interesting. I don't know if we're he, doing. He is the fastest wide receiver on the team as well. So I mean, yeah, he's definitely going to have the option there, and hopefully, he picks the right uh, the right matchup. Yeah, I mean that's the thing. If, if Igbenosin if Igbenosin can't get hands on, he's kind of a liability. Oh, is he slow? Well, he's he, well, he's not the fastest. I mean, honestly, he is really similar to Sean Wade. He's he's probably he's like a safety body a little bit, six two, um, real physical, handsy. Got away with it, kind of being at Ole Miss last year. This year, um, there was kind of some talk about him potentially playing in that slot role, so he can come down and kind of be in, in run support. Yeah. Um, but he's a guy that's like you know what he lacks in coverage skills makes up for kind of just because of the physical nature. Um, he's a guy that sometimes they'll even slide in the box, and he, he wants to come down and hit somebody. 
Um, but with that being said, like a lot, a lot of times the great corners are the guys that are more fluid around the hips, and he isn't exactly that. Yeah. You know, I have a, I have a question. You talk about matchups here, uh, and I don't want to steal Aaron's. Aaron's no, go ahead. Tell from, you. Go ahead. A question for Chris, like, do you? I know I've from from afar. I'm not. I don't want to say I'm like deep into the OSU community or anything and read everything that's going on out there. But um, I know there's been some grumblings about linebacker play um, of late uh, <laughs> and you can correct me if I'm wrong, but no, you're right, bro. It's like a civil war out there. <laughs> well, <laughs> so my question, so my question to you is, is, is do your linebackers concern you when you're going up against uh, possible mis- mismatches you know, in terms of if your sitch is able to get Singleton or Allen on a linebacker or Warren and uh, Theo Johnson on a linebacker, um, you know, can you cover? Are they athletic enough to do so? I'm sure they are um, because as a Penn State fan, I am concerned about Stover um, and our linebackers. So j- wow. just wondered what your thoughts were. Um, our linebackers are unathletic, and that is the problem. When Georgia targeted Tommy Eichenberg last year um, in, in that game, um, all eight targets were eight catches, 155 yards, and a touchdown. Tommy Eichenberg didn't stop anybody. And yeah. the linebacker play the last two weeks, last three weeks, has been really, really bad to the point where they basically opened up the competition again to see if anybody wanted to grab the, the starting linebacker spot. So um, that's kind of the state currently. Uh, the defensive shift has kind of contributed to that. I like Steel Chambers. Steel Chambers has been struggling a lot. He also is dealing with some rib injuries, and I feel like he probably won't start this game. They'll probably start Cody Simon, um, who has had his own fair share of struggles. I mean, I called him a worse linebacker than Tough Borland two years ago. So I'm going to have to eat those words at some point. But <laughs> – um, no, I, dude, I have some serious concerns about the linebacker play because right, like last year, the linebackers were basically asked to come downhill and blitz a lot this year. They they're being asked to do more coverage stuff because of the way they got picked on last year. And if your is able to kind of isolate Tommy Eichenberg sideline to sideline, I think this could be, um, kind of a little bit of a mess, um, in terms of the Ohio state defensive side. Uh, if, if guys like, like Nick and Allen can, can go, kind of go side to side and catch the football. Um, I think we've. I think, I think, you know, maybe, you know, the early rumblings, right. Or maybe that's why we have seen it. Like, I think it's been, and you guys can correct me, Aaron and Alex, what you think, but I feel like we've seen Singleton out of the backfield catching the ball way more than we did last year. Absolutely. I feel like like that might've been an early look into what they're going to try and do to what Chris is doing with Eichenberg having to kind of follow Singleton in that. And I mean, obviously that would be a big advantage for us. um, If he can continue to catch the football, (laughs) obviously Allen's been, great the past two years catching the ball so um that will be interesting to watch and then i think um to alex's point i mean alex you can speak on that right with stover i know you've been talking about him for a couple days so you can speak on that portion of it yeah i mean i i just think i just think he's a tough he's a tough matchup right big big body athletic tight end i mean i mean we've all watched what what a guy like brock bowers can do when you have Hold up, pause. This is such a compliment. Holy shit, bro. Because, like, for forever, as long as I remember, (laughs) Penn State was the school with the athletic tight ends. And I've always thought to myself, damn, when can one of our tight ends look like that? And now we got the farmer out there that looks like his feet are knives the way he runs. I don't think he's that (laughs) athletic. He's just always open for some reason. I think people, like, he just, like, drifts into space. I don't think he's that athletic, but he's always making plays. He's he's very good at finding the holes in the defense. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm not – 
you know, I guess I'm not necessarily saying he's going to blow by a guy, but you know, he, big bodied guy. Uh, yeah, big body. You know, if if he can read, <laughs> uh, you know, his own, if he can read man to man and you know create leverage with with that big frame, I mean, he can do he can do some damage. And I mean, I I still do think Penn State's linebackers, linebackers, tight ends are athletic and and can do damage. Um, you know, the gripe in Happy Valley has been Mike Yurcich not taking advantage of that enough. And, you know, in my opinion, so, you know, I'd be interested. Well, and the other thing here is not to go off on too much of a tangent, but Manny Diaz with, with how he runs his defense and his rotation, Stover could become more of an issue depending on who is on the football field. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I do not want, I do not want Tyler Elsden or Dom DeLuca trying to cover Nate Stover uh, or, uh, Sorry, not Nate. And, uh, you know, now if Abdul Carter and Kobe King and Curtis Jacobs are on the field like that, that's fine. I I trust those guys to cover him better than the other ones. So it'll be interesting to see if Day, when he sees that rotation come in of of Elsden, Dom, um, and he likes that matchup, does does he attack that at that point? Because we we know Manny is going to do it. He he has for you know, the two years he's been here. Hey, Dom has a pick six. Show some respect. Yeah, I do not want to see Tyler Elston play football this Saturday. Please, bro. Keep him off the field, please. Like, just has no business in this game. Like, no. Is he the fish? He's the mark? Yeah, like, he's like, he shouldn't even. I mean, he's the the weak link. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, how do you guys even have a weak link? You guys are like statistical leaders in Bro, 10 he, different categories for he, defense. He got juked out of his shoes by a de- uh, Delaware running back for a 65-yard touchdown. I you mean, know, you those could, Delaware running backs, they, they drink garden hose water, bro. You got to watch out for them. <laughs> you could say that Penn State's interior defensive line is a weak link in this game. I don't know, bro. Like, when you when you look at, their, at the numbers that they're putting up, first of all, our starting defensive tackles are going to be coming into the game fresh as hell. I mean, they only played 15 snaps on Saturday. Um, but then, two like, guys like Keziah Izzard, uh, Zane Durant, Hakeem Beeman, like, they've they've racked up tackles for loss and sacks at a pretty good rate this year to the point where I think all of them are in the top 20 of the conference for tackles for loss and sacks. So, I mean, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. It's, it's definitely going to be their biggest test so far. Um, but we faced a really good offensive line at the beginning of the year in West Virginia, and they didn't really get a lot going on. And I know Ohio State's offensive line is, you know, obviously a lot more talented, but, um, you know, you got to call a spade, and a, a spade a spade, yeah, and we got, uh, we got West Virginia's offensive line. line is good. Nah, I don't, yeah, know, if, I don't know, and this isn't a shot at Ohio State. It's just kind of a just a thought. I don't know if Ohio State's line is better than West Virginia's line. Well, that's Well, that's a good thing for us then, right? Yeah, I do. I just, I just thinking in comparison, like I didn't. And Christian, correct me if what he think. I don't know, but I, I honestly don't know. Like West Virginia has experience across the board at what four of the five positions. Uh, yeah, I mean, a couple of them are going to be drafted on the first three round, first two round. I don't know. Like it'll be interesting. It's definitely yeah. I mean, Ohio State's well, most we, susceptible offensive line we've seen in a while. Go ahead, Chris. I mean, yeah, we. I mean, we have three first time first time starters and it's center tackle tackle yeah so it's like it's kind of kind of not where you want to be and and honestly like at ohio state the two guys that are tackles are two guys that would only ever play at ohio state if something went drastically wrong um and now they're both starters so 
yeah. the offensive line is really susceptible to, to some things. Well, I mean, I know, I know, I watched, I forget who did it, it might have been Clat. Um, but anyways, great talking about Ohio State's run game, and and it seemed to be the inability of of your guards to climb to the next level. Um, so, you know, maybe speak on that a little. Is it? Do you think it's it's just simply your guard and center play? Do you think it's uh, you know the the run scheme that that day is trying to run? Um, do you think it's running backs just not uh, making the right reads? Um, I think the stretch run stuff is not very good for the offensive linemen. I think that uh, that our guards are not really athletic enough to kind of climb to the second level. And then a couple times yeah. when they are getting criticized, I, I think some of it's unfair because uh, sometimes they run some of the, those RPO looks. And Kyle McCord, I mean, at least there was at least three times in the Maryland game where they ran an RPO look and Kyle McCord handed the ball off without even looking at the read key. And the yeah. read key is the one that made the tackle. So if like you're the offensive line, you're thinking, okay, if this ball gets handed off, there's no way, there's no way that guy's in the box. Like I'm good. And when the ball's being handed off, and the guy who's the read key is making the tackle, I don't really fault the offensive line for that because he wasn't supposed to be there anyway. Right. Yeah, that's fair. So I don't know. I mean, like all in all, like the offensive line is an issue. I think when they run a lot of the gap and power stuff, they do a really good job. I mean, last week, I know it's I know it's Purdue, but last week they were able to kind of get downhill and move guys um, instead of running side to side. That kind of kind of resulted in in far more, you know, your, your four and five guard runs. Um, but I know the reason Ryan Day runs so much stretch is because he wants to hit a home run, um, and 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 you know, some it tends to happen, right? But um, yeah. But it definitely it definitely does make it tricky when when Ohio State runs stretch because of the lack of athleticism on the offensive line. I do think that Ohio State can get behind schedule early. Yeah, we cannot afford. I mean, Chris touched that earlier. We on the flip side cannot afford to get behind behind schedule because yeah. we have. I think we might see a couple big plays, like quote unquote big plays for Penn State's offense this weekend. Um, but, like, we definitely – and the stats back it up to the T that we cannot afford to get behind schedule at all. Like, we, we just can't. But if, if we also haven't seen that if we do get behind schedule, we don't know if we can pick up the first down because we haven't right. been right. behind schedule. We don't know. Like, Hey, I mean, that's in Drew All. That's Drew Aller. I, 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 I got a question for you guys, actually. How real of a quarterback competition was it actually with Drew Aller? Zero. Yeah, no competition yeah, I think whatsoever. It was Got you, because I because James Franklin said I felt like it was being weird in the spring about it. You might see, yeah, you I mean, might see the backup though in a package this weekend because he can run, bro. Well, you I might see, see our backup in a package. Yeah, oh, well, Dev- well, definitely. I could, I could see uh, Devin Brown in a package this weekend. Bro. I mean, we put one in. They started, they started repping really heavily this red zone package last week. Yeah, uh, to get in games. Definitely something to keep an eye out on. Yeah, Devin. <laughs> uh, TK, I just, you I got a tear, y'all. You said you did what? I just shed a tear. <laughs> you you've been asking for him for a while now, haven't you? Man, you're, you're kind of on his side in uh, fall camp, right? Since we Civil, lost Civil Michigan. War, man. Yeah, dude, we had a big Buckeye Civil War, and it, you know we lost to Michigan. <laughs> we lost to Michigan. There's like just give me just just give me uh give me Devin Brown, and honestly, there like there was a Civil War inside the Woody too, like inside Ohio State's coaching staff. I believe they, it. Uh, they took a vote. <laughs> And the head coach decided to pick against what the assistants voted for. <laughs> you know, you, you mentioned, yeah, Ryan Day's interesting. I mean, we I, I would love to hear your thoughts on on him 
in general uh, in a minute here. But you mentioned James Franklin earlier and the, the whole acted weird about it. That's just kind of how James Franklin is when it comes to any sort of competition. Um, you know, I mean, Jesus, we had uh, six-year man Sean Clifford, you know, last year, and he was saying how it, it, it was a competition and this and that, which I, I think it maybe could have been. But any person who followed Penn State knew Sean Clifford had that job, right? It's just James Franklin didn't want to say it. And and I think yeah. that was the same way this year was. Um, and I think that's how it'll be moving forward. I think it's really similar to what you guys talk about, Chris, with, you know, playing the upperclassmen, like on your defense. Like, I, mm-hmm. I, I think it's very similar to that, to be honest. No, it's like it's like an up north thing, dude. Yeah, it might be. That's that's definitely something that James was doing for quite a while there. We've kind of seen him come out of that a little bit. I mean, you're definitely seeing a lot of younger guys uh, get into the rotation a bit more. But, yeah, d- that was definitely a problem that uh, James Franklin had for quite some time. Yeah. yeah, and I think I think it comes down to, like, like coaches and their anxiety and, like, kind of having trust in young guys. Like, at least the older guys, like, you know exactly what you're going to get and the belief that, like, all these football coaches have, like, comes with, like, reps and reps and comfort. Um, shoot, I mean, we saw Kirby Smart like early in his career at Georgia, same deal. Like, like he wouldn't, he had to play the experienced guys, and uh, and then he got into the playoffs and, and watched Nick Saban swap his experienced quarterback out for Tua to win the game. So yeah, yeah, and and he he had the same thing. Like he had, you know, Jake Fromm and, and, and Justin Fields there. He could have done the same thing. Well, I I feel a lot of that is, um, I feel a lot of that is coaches don't go with their with their gut enough all the time like it's not all it's not all analytics it's not all stats it's not all you know this this high-tech advanced data that we have now right like at the end of the day your eye and your gut normally is right it because at the end of the day it's a game that you've watched you know for these coaches that they've they've been around their entire lives right so don't overthink it just just go with the better dude yeah and like a lot of times like it's easy for us to say because like our gut feeling won't cost us $10 million a year. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, you're exactly right. Yeah. So it's like I can I can sit down on the couch or sit in a microphone and be like, oh, yeah, like this coach is a dumbass. Like clearly right. you should play, <laughs> right. you know, Justin Fields in that game. But it's like, damn, like <laughs> what if Justin gets out there and goes – and that's another thing. It's like a lot of guys, guys panic about guys in the bright lights. But, no, I agree with you. I mean, I, you guys definitely look fresh. I mean, I, I watched the UMass game. I know it's UMass, and, and you guys rotated a lot that game. But, of course, it is UMass. Yeah. But, being fresh matters. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, like I said, our starting defensive tackles played 15 snaps. Uh, there were a lot of guys that played 30 snaps at max um, the entire game. So um, definitely something that uh, you could tell the staff was preparing for. We've been rotating guys quite a bit this year. Um, you know, someone tweeted out the fourth quarter stats the other, the other week. You know, Nick Singleton, Katron Allen, and Drew, Drew Aller really only have like less than 30 uh, – you know, actual attempts, you know, when it comes to passing and running the ball. So um, <laughs> we're definitely we're definitely in for an interesting game on Saturday. Uh, we haven't really seen Penn State need to do anything, um, you know, really in the fourth no, quarter no at all. So you guys going to chuck it deep this game? Yeah, I, I'm, sure, I'm sure we will. But uh, hey, yeah, in, be... the view- in the viewing window, he did it again. Uh, yeah. Out- yep. It'll he be asked again. To see how the... no, 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 no. He's just trolling at this. Yeah, point. He's, oh, he's just trolling, bro. Yeah, he's yeah. Trolling. No, I. It's funny. I was with the guys. I, I, you guys are all probably super familiar. I love Brad Mandler. 
Yeah, oh, he yeah. Like, he's, yeah, he's, he's a like, dog. Yeah. Like, that is one of my favorite humans. Dude's hilarious, and he, like, he loves James Franklin. And he every time we talk, he's always talking about how petty he is in regards to, like, that th- chuck a deep thing. He is. He he can be extremely petty. Mm-hmm. At times. I love it. it. Yeah, I love it. When he's so, petty, so he's uh, we, good. Sorry, not to cut you off, Aaron. No, uh, no. But, but but before we leave the coaching situation, uh, you know, too far in the in the past, I, I do want to hear Chris's thoughts on on Ryan Day. Uh, you know, obviously there's there's rumblings of this and that, and what if he loses to Michigan again this year? Um, you know, so so what are your overall thoughts of Ryan Day? Obviously, we know what Urban did for that program. Uh, where where do you think the status of your program is with Ryan Day at the helm right now? Man, what did Urban do for this program? Well, he just won you a national title and, you know, took your recruiting to a whole other level. Yeah, I guess that's fair to, to say. But I, I'm I guess, I'm happy with Ryan Day right now. I mean, he's made more playoffs than Urban. Um, yep. Kind of the, the one big thing has been kind of not getting over the top. Um, but, I mean, he's – He's in what year five coaching? Year five being a head coach at a program, and like unlike a lot of coaches, when you are at a place like Ohio State and that's your first time as a head coach, you have to play out all of your mistakes in front of a huge fan base. Yep. So I'm I'm okay I'm okay with with Ryan Day. He does frustrate me in some regards, but I also have to keep reminding myself like he is kind of pretty young in his coaching arc. Um, with that being said, I, I probably would have. I probably would have felt better about this team if Devin Brown was a starting quarterback. Um, but again, who am I to, who am I to question? Uh, <laughs> who am I to question Ryan Day, the, the quarterback guy? So I'm, I'm pretty happy. I mean, so far I give him probably a B plus. He'd have an A minus if he just had, didn't have the two losses to Michigan. But um, unlike Urban Meyer, he's never lost to a random Iowa or Purdue. Right. Um, he hasn't sat on bad defenses for a while. I mean, I know he had the, the Kerry Combs years. Thanks, Urban, for making sure that that got brought back. <laughs> um, but we haven't had the scares against teams that are bad teams. Like in the Urban Meyer era, I mean, Iowa put up fucking fifty-five, bro, and that broke my heart. Um, yeah, that's yeah. Crazy. I mean, I, I, I mean, I guess it, it probably sounds weird for me to say this, but I'm kind of happy that you that you said that because I I've talked to some Buckeyes fans that are like, oh my god, you know, Ryan got to go, and he does this wrong and this wrong and this wrong. And I'm like, like you realize, like you're saying you want to get rid of a coach that wins like 95% of his games, right? Bro, and, um, and you know, I want to talk about how Ryan Day saved the final couple of years of Urban Meyer's career. Yeah, that's a fact. Like, absolutely saved it. Like Ohio yeah. State got put on Pornhub on New Year's <laughs> Eve against Clemson. <laughs> yeah. 31 to 0. Yeah. Dabo with that big goofy ass smile was laughing all the way. <laughs> like yeah. Like, it was really sexual, and when that happens, you don't come back from that. You're not, not able to recruit from that. And then Urban Meyer wanted wanted Emory Jones to be his starting quarterback. Yeah, thank that's, God. that's fucking nasty. Disgusting. So thank God that on the flight back, he fired his OT and hired Ryan Day. Like, thank God. Because if that didn't happen, we're looking – I mean, we're looking at a, a guy who didn't want to start Dwayne Haskins. Like, like Urban didn't yeah. want to start Dwayne. Right. Yeah. Which is disgusting. Urban yeah. didn't even <laughs> want to recruit Dwayne. So what what Ryan Day was able to do, go going and getting Chris Olave, absolutely transforming the offense, fixing the quarterback play. Like at the end of before, the year before Ryan Day got to Ohio State, Ohio State looked like a team that had just discovered the Ford Pass. 
as soon as Ryan Day gets there, they lead the nation in passing. Right. So I I, th- I think he I think he saved the program and and then he, he and then he climbed the one mountain like he like I know he didn't win a natty but Urban was never able to beat Clemson Braxton couldn't do it JT couldn't do it nobody can do it and and it took it, it took a passing game and um and, and and Ryan Day brought that to Columbus yeah I mean I think I think your answer is is a thoughtful one and and obviously one that you've thought about um and and I think I think us as Penn State fans can relate. A, a, a little bit. Uh, obviously, James Franklin hasn't necessarily had the success that Ryan Day has, right? But, but you know, when when you're looking at your program, and you're looking at the state of your program, and and you know you you gripe about the head coach with this or that and the other thing, you know, if you if you take a step back and keep it all in perspective and what they actually have accomplished and how they've accomplished it, um, you know, both of our programs have pretty damn good head coaches that a lot of programs would take. Yeah, now our coach is better than yours, but I hear you. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I'm not. We no, don't I'm, need to I'm, I'm that argument, you. right? But... With you. you guys have any other questions uh, for, here for Chris? Yeah, I have one. Is Denzel Burke going to play or no? Yeah, well, yeah. What's the injury situation like, man? Um, and is uh, a going to play? Can, you can avoid the question if you want. No, it's so funny. I love you guys. So it's so funny. So I live in Columbus currently, and sometimes I see Jerry Emick drive past my place in that fucking blacked out escalade that he has looking to kind of <laughs> knock somebody off um so chip train who had what looked like a scary concussion last week mm-hmm. i don't know how but it, it sounds like he will play um, wow travian henry yeah i mean hey you guys should be honored that means you guys are a good football team <laughs> risking a kid to play. You're a good football team. Yeah. Risking CTE. Well done. No, no. I think I think it was. I think he had a leg injury. Is what it was, and uh, he didn't end up hitting his head. Um, I think that Trey will play. I do not believe Denzel Burke will play, and I do not believe Emeka Abuka will play. But I'm just an ordinary fan. I don't know anything at all. All right. Yeah, just talk to Zach Smith every day. I don't know who that is. <laughs> my dog. Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, I have another question. I mean, we, obviously, we need to get a, you know, score prediction. I assume yeah, that's, that's so who, uh, lead, who's lead gonna, into who you're going to pick to win this game. But I'd be interested in your score prediction. My score prediction? Yeah. Um, I have 27-20 Ohio State. Fair. Yeah, I think it'll be scoring like that, too. Oh, yeah, I definitely think it's going to be low scoring. I'm looking at, you know, obviously I think Penn State's going to win. Um, you know, I, I I really think this game is going to be a toss-up, so I shouldn't say obviously. Um, you know, it could just as easily be Ohio State. But obviously being a fan, I'm going to go with Penn State. I think it's going to be like maybe 24-16, something like that. Yeah, there's there's a path in my head where Ohio State loses this game and, and, and can't score more than 10 points, but – you know, as being who I am, I'm trying to avoid putting that on any kind of wax. But um, did Zach give a prediction yet or not? Nah, he's he's actually he's got all your guys' all twenty two tape, and I think he's watching it right now, probably. Wow, are you uh, going to the game, Chris? <laughs> no, <laughs> <laughs> I have anxiety, brother. <laughs> oh, okay, that makes sense. Then. Nah, dude, like I like I live. I don't. I don't even like. I don't even love being in Columbus like like during the weekend. So I don't even stay in Columbus. I go to Akron every weekend. No, oh, I got gotcha. you. Alex CK, what what uh what's your score prediction? Um 
I'm gonna go. I think I put it out already. I think I put it on Twitter too. It's um, 24-21, Penn State. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm I'm kind of, you know, as a Penn State fan, I feel like it's my my duty to pick Penn State here. Um, I've tr- I've tried to be really quietly optimistic about it, um, but in the same time, in the back of your head, you know, we've we've dealt with so many heartbreaks against yeah. OSU. Um, so it's hard to be optimistic. It's why I haven't, you know, been talking trash on online or anything stupid like that, but, you know, I'm kind of, kind of in the same boat. I think, I think a 20, 28, 24, damn uh, PSU win, maybe, um, so our defense I, is pussy. I, what's that? Nothing. Never mind. I mean, you don't like, <laughs> gotta, I mean, we got to keep it, keep it honest here, Chris. Like, do you guys? Maryland did have some success on offense. Youngstown State did drive seventy-five yards. Now, wait, wait, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Who? Yeah, has, I mean, I don't. Maryland I don't think had success, brother. No, they didn't. Uh, I, I, I don't think. Like, first half, they moved the ball is, a little bit. No, they, they scored like on a short field because our long snapper snapped the punt to the linebacker. Yeah, get Chris out of here, man, before it gets nasty. Well, <laughs> well, <laughs> wait a second. Hold on. They're they're lying on my team. Hold on. Hold on. So, like, honest question, like, do you think 28 points is, like, too high? Like, you just don't see Penn State scoring that? Yeah, I think this game is more likely to be, like, like the team that scores 20 wins. Yeah, I, I mean, I could go with that. I, I think if you score 30, it's a, it's a no-doubter for sure. Yeah, no, I, 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 I mean, I agree. I, hear, I mean, I hear you. No, I'm, just, I'm, I'm really just giving you a hard time. Like, I, I do the whole, like, comedy podcast, so I'm, I'm just ready to change <laughs> Yeah, I was about to say you you predicted twenty seven points yourself, so twenty eight is isn't that crazy? What up, bro? <laughs> I'm changing it. I got seventeen twenty. I'm changing it. <laughs> seventeen twenty. Are you right now? It, that that this this will definitely be the lowest scoring PSU game we've seen since probably what twenty eighteen. That game was pretty low scoring. Bro, I, I just don't think Drew Aller can dink his dunk, dink and dunk his way to 28 points or whatever you said. But he does it every week. Yeah, but every week you guys play teams with not the same kind of defense. Well, I was only I was only ranked two defenses behind you, but that's a different question. Yeah, but like Iowa doesn't have athletes. <laughs> Iowa doesn't have athletes on defense. They have white corners. Cooper did you oh my god on your team right now, but that's a different question. Well, well the, I mean, the I also thing is Cooper DeGene has been a huge factor in every game that I've I mean, played this year, except for Penn State. He was an he's just non-factor. Got to give him some credit. I mean, I will yeah. say, and we I don't, and we I don't think, start white corners at Ohio State. Kid's a really good ball player, though. <laughs> All right, now we're getting racial <laughs> well, in here. Jesus, I will say, I will say, and I think Chris would agree with this. I will say that even even when Penn State, as of late, doesn't look like their offense will be able to move the football against OSU, they come out and they move the football against OSU. Um, you know, Sean Clifford had four turnovers and still put up, you know, thirty-one points. Yeah. Uh, now, granted, it was in Happy Valley. It's a different defense. I, I get all that. I'm not trying to compare the, the two years. But, um, you know, Penn State no, it's has literally been. It's literally only because Ohio quarterbacks get superpowers when they play Ohio <laughs> State. Well, I hope so. Well, Yeah, I mean, only hope. It'll be interesting because uh, we mentioned JTT going off last year. Well, he's not going against Bryce Hefner. 
And we got to remember, Olu Fashanu was actually hurt the second half of the yeah. game last year. So yeah. we actually got both of our tackles this year. So it, I mean, it's going to be yeah. it's going to be really interesting to watch the trenches battle on both sides of the ball. Both Kane, Kane Wallace is still yeah. Kane right Wallace. Right tackle so. this year isn't all world. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but he's yeah. definitely a step up from Bryce Effner, wouldn't you say? I mean, I, uh, sure. Oh wow. What do you mean? Like, I mean, I'm not a big fan of Caden Wallace. I mean, I think you're all aware of that. So, yeah, I'm not either. So, I'm not. There's no situation. I'm not a huge fan of him either. But I mean, Bryce Hefner was. Chris, you like the offensive line is food. We're having a little civil war about a mid-off over here with the Penn State gang. Like, (laughs) what do you? uh, I've seen people on Twitter, Chris, talking about how people for like the Scarlet out right that you guys are doing at noon. That like the noon crowd they do is like boring as shit, bro. It's gonna feel like, like the atmosphere is gonna be <laughs> like like when y'all played Northwestern. Like it's gonna be that. Oh, I don't geez. know. I don't know. About- <laughs> but you know what the issue is, and I'm about to get I'm about to get real problematic here. Oh boy, we bro, not really, but um, Ohio <laughs> State has the most expensive tickets in the country, bro. Bro, Second have you seen them for this weekend? Yeah, I'm saying like no, just like for the entire season, TK. Like Ohio State has either it's either one or two. It was one all this year until until Colorado beat TCU. Like they have the <laughs> tickets and they don't have lights. They don't use the lights in the stadium. They just got a DJ, but he's got to play. He's got to cater to the crowd there. Um, <laughs> and it's just too expensive to go to Ohio State games, bro. And so like we're still just baffling that they just don't use the lights there. That's crazy. And they have they have really nice lights, like they look crazy. But this scarlet out is it's gonna be laughable at best. Yeah, kind of kind of gives me like gray out vibes from a few years back. Yeah, but at least the, was the gray out at night. Well, you guys have had it at night, at day, you know, during the day. Like you've had it a bunch of different times versus. Us. And it's crazy that you You've tried were, to like, color us out like quite a quite a few years in a row. Yeah, we just like our colors when it comes to y'all because you know we'd be treating James Franklin like a two year old because that's how he wants to coach, but. <laughs> that's really what it is but honestly bro it's funny you said like the gray out was like man but the gray out to me like on tv that's the most electric i've ever seen a stadium at night yeah at night yeah, yeah. but but during during the day like noon three o'clock nah that's not it yeah it's it's a whole bucket of men i hate how it messes with recruiting too because like a lot of the west coast kids unless you can catch a private jet you can't even come yeah <laughs> <laughs> Oh shit, man! But shout out to the kids that can afford private jets because a couple of them are coming <laughs> to campus. <laughs> oh man, I can't name names. I hit up one recruit. I was like, "Bro, I'm bummed. I saw you got you, you guys got a game. Woody, woody, woo. Um, so you won't be able to 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 head out. But um, when's your uh, when's your when's your next visit? He said, "Man, what are you talking about? I got a private jet." <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, "Oh word, oh word. We know what's going on. We're like nice. that." Okay. 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 Shout out to the private jet gang. Well, Chris, I really appreciate you coming on to the podcast this week, man. Uh, thank you very much. It was awesome to talk about this game with you. Um, before you go, does anybody have anything else to add? Um, Chris, I'll obviously be waiting my contract for Menace to 2K in my email. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So just shoot that over whenever you're ready, and it was good talking to you, man. Yeah, no, so it's a 360 deal, so you'll see about 10% off the top, and then we'll see the other 90. All right, great, man. Nice. Sounds good. Yep, for your life. Yeah, Chris, it was a lot of fun, man. I appreciate <laughs> no, this is cool. Thanks for letting me pick on you a little bit, and uh, make sure you tweet at me during the game so we can so we can argue in front of the world. You know? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, sure, Chris. Get fucked, idiot. See you later. <laughs> <laughs> see you, brother.
<laughs> See you, gang. Once again, shout out to Chris Drew for coming on to the show. Really appreciate him. Check out, uh, you know, Menace to Sports. He's got a really good show there. All right, guys, let's move on to week eight. Obviously, Penn State, Ohio State is the biggest game, um, but there's definitely some other games to enjoy this weekend. Um, of course, you got Alabama looking for revenge on Tennessee. Oregon and Washington coming off of their huge game from last week. Um, West Virginia looking to avoid a slide. You got Rutgers looking to keep their momentum. Uh, Ole Miss, Auburn, you know, you got that voodoo at Jordan Hare. That's a night game. Duke, Florida State, Riley Leonard might play. I'm not sure there, but, uh, you know, what are some games that you guys are going to be watching as well? Um, I will be obviously watching our game for the noon slate. Um, 3.30, I'll probably tune into Iowa and Minnesota, sweat out the under. That's going to be a tough football game to watch, but one of my buddies who's coming over for the Ohio State game is a diehard Iowa fan, so I'll watch that one. Um, And then I'll, I'll probably, I'll probably flip back and forth. Uh, Utah, USC, and Miami and Clemson. Uh, those are those are the games I'll flip back and forth. Man, Miami is really flirting with a slide here. You know, they still yeah. have Louisville, Florida State. They got a lot going on over there. Yeah, whoever loses that Miami-Clemson uh, game, I mean, they mm-hmm. both have two losses right now. So whoever yeah. loses that game, it's going to be real toxic on, uh, on the Bird app for them. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'll be honest. If uh... – depending on how our game goes um, during the noon slate, there is a possibility that I don't watch any more college football um, for the rest of the day. <laughs> that's um, usually that's, how I am every year. That's too. very, that's, that's, that's likely if uh, you know, the game doesn't go the way I, I want it to. Um, but yeah, I mean, t- to be honest with you, I haven't even looked at the slate because I'm, you know, so worried about our game, I guess, but um you know, the Duke-Florida State game is really interesting because I don't like Florida State, and I think Duke's a good football team. Um, and if and if they can get Riley Leonard back, I, I think that's that's definitely a game to keep your eye on. Yeah. Sure. Let's go into our pick em. You know, I picked out four or five games here. Um, you know, that bit of a toss-up. So, uh, first, for starters, you got Tennessee at Alabama. Who you got there? Um... That is actually my lock of the week. I have Alabama beating Tennessee, Nick Saban getting his revenge. Um, I don't know if it's going to be particularly close. Um, but, yeah, I got Alabama over Tennessee. Yeah, I would agree. I, I think Alabama um, probably isn't being talked about enough. Um, I think you're going to see them in, in Hotlanta playing Georgia in the SEC championship game. Um, and then who knows what happens there, right? So, uh, yeah, give me Bama. I think this is a really interesting game, man. If Tennessee was at home, I'd, I'd be definitely picking Tennessee. Alabama cannot protect the quarterback, and Tennessee can get after the quarterback. Um, <laughs> I do think Tennessee covers the spread. I think this is going to be a close game. Um, fuck it, I'm going to pick Tennessee. Um, I know they haven't beat Alabama the last nine times that they've been to Tuscaloosa. Don't care what's in the past is in the past. This is 2023. I'm going the Vols. You're going with Vols, huh? Dude, Alabama's offensive line is <laughs> not very good. Um, mm. let's, let's do Ole Miss Auburn. 
Um, I like Ole Miss. Football program in their stadium is not scary. I like Ole Miss. <laughs> Auburn. Uh, Auburn did play Georgia uh, well in Jordan Hare. Maybe we get that again. Lane Kiffin already got his one big win out of the way, so maybe a, a clunker is to come. But uh, I'm still going to take Ole Miss. Yeah, uh, this is definitely an interesting one because, you know, you, if you talk to Auburn fans and SEC fans after Penn State won down there last year, they said, oh, well, the voodoo really really exists at night is when it happens. Well, this game is a night game. Ole Miss is a ranked team. I think it will be an interesting game, but I'm probably still going to go with Ole Miss here. So we just put the kibosh on Ole Miss. Yeah, we'll see. Is what it is. Is what it is, yep. Uh, Duke of Florida State. Oh, man. That's not fair because I don't know if Riley Leonard's playing. I'm taking Florida State even if he is playing. So I honestly think I'm going to as well. Is it in Tallahassee? Um, it is in Tallahassee. Yeah, I'll take Florida State. All right, that one was pretty easy. Um, <clears throat> Utah at USC. Got a got Ooh. kind of a wounded dog situation here with USC. Um, but Utah is a physical team. This, this is another really, really good matchup, man. You know, I, I, let's, let's, let's talk about this for a minute. And I know Lincoln Riley, big fan of the show, so I'm sure he's going to be tuning in listening. Yeah. What are you doing keeping Alex Grinch? Right. Like, like he is going to be the death of you, and yet you're loyal to this man. Yeah. For, I have no idea why. Um, you know, I – I don't know. If if it wasn't for Caleb Williams, that team probably has multiple losses by now, right? They probably lose to Arizona. Um, yeah. You know, Caleb, Caleb Williams is back there playing Superman most of the time to just try and keep them in games. And then he knows that he needs to score 50 points because his defense can't fight their way out of a wet paper bag. So, um, you know, I do think it's a wounded dog scenario um, at home. You would expect a response. I don't think... Grinch's defenses are capable of that. But since they have Caleb Williams, I'll take USC. Yeah. I uh, obviously very similar to my comments previously. I, I think Utah's a dog shit football team. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, I'm going to go with USC. I like the guy with the painted nails to get it done this week. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I, like I said, I think uh, this is a bit of a wounded dog scenario. Um it will be interesting because, you know, this is going to be the second straight physical game for USC. And, uh, you know, they got pretty manhandled there in South Bend. Uh, but I think, you know, at home, wounded dog, give me the Trojans. They do have the Heisman winner at quarterback. So um, kind of tough for me to go against them there. All right, boys, I think uh, that's going to do it for today's episode. Before we wrap it up, is there anything else that you want to mention? Anything else you want to hit on? No, I mean, I think think that's it. Excited for this weekend. Um, Got to have it. So Got to have it. Yeah. Get me uh, 
will actually get me to tomorrow at 5.07 because the Phillies play. But uh, Yes, sir. Yeah, get me to Saturday. 